Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for October 23rd, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends and co-workers, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including the story about a new restaurant coming to downtown Disney. Kevin Close gives his review of the new Teppan Ito restaurant at Epcot. And Kevin also has a report on the Thomas Kincaid event that he attended this weekend for one of our listeners. In our Forum Watch segment, we'll tell you what discussions we're watching on disboards.com. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and your voicemails on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. We do have a couple of um, housekeeping things to get out of the way first this week. First, I just want to mention everybody that we put up an uh, interview last week that I had done with uh, Michael Roddy, who was the... Uh, He's the manager of show development for Universal Orlando. We talked to him about Halloween Horror Nights. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, please make sure you go out to the forum main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and give it a listen. I thought it was a good interview. Brief, but good. Mm -hmm. About 10 minutes. Um, also, we have, um, another, we have another gift we have to, or a prize we have to award. Maria Romano from New Orleans. She was our September winner. And she selected envelope number 14. That's correct. And she won a $25 gift certificate. Woo! Congratulations. Yay. Congratulations, Maria. Maria. Everybody's picking the same numbers, like 14, 16. Yeah, come on, guys. We have 30 of these. <laughs> <laughs> Let's break out. I don't think we've had one that hasn't been like... Like over 20. Over we haven't 20. Had or any. under 10, yeah. yeah. You know? So let's, uh, let's shake it up here, folks. <laughs> and uh, finally, I do want to mention that, uh, to any of our listeners that are planning on uh, heading out to California in the next week or so just to uh, make sure you're keeping an eye on the news. We're not going to go into any details because they're changing rapidly, but there are a lot of wildfires burning in California right now. And we're starting to get reports that uh, they're getting closer and closer to Disneyland. And uh, we know what happens here to the air quality mm -hmm. when we get the wildfires. And what we get here is nothing compared to what they're getting out there right now. This is a crazy crazy situation i think like ten thousand people are being evacuated from the san diego area that's how bad and if you're anywhere near you're not supposed to even be outside am i right oh yeah yeah well usually when it gets real bad yeah, yeah. so i mean in particular if you're planning on going to california uh, to disneyland or anywhere in southern california and if you have anybody with you traveling that has respiratory issues you're going to definitely want to make sure you pay attention to that uh, as of right now, like I said, we're not hearing that it's affecting Disneyland, but it's starting to get close. Well, when it was happening here, the worst uh, air quality was when the fires were in Georgia. It wasn't mm -hmm. even the fires in Florida that right. really affected us. It was the fires in Georgia, and the air was the wind was blowing them this way. And for days, we didn't go outside. It was really bad. Well, this is the curse they're dealing with the Santa Ana winds yeah. out there is what's blowing the uh, fanning the fire, making it uh, more aggressive, and also spreading it. So. And, of course, to any of our listeners out in California, um, we're hoping that you're safe and we'll definitely keep you in our thoughts. And let's hope they, uh, they're they able to get under control soon. But it's a, it's a crazy, crazy uh, situation out there this year. So, all right, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and start the, with the news. Our number three story this week, it appears as though the uh, Bahamas Minister of Tourism got slapped around a little bit by Disney Cruise Line as well as by some other major cruise lines. After trying to convince Disney to make Grand Bahama Island one of their ports of call, a Disney Cruise Line representative told the minister, quote, we're not coming back to Grand Bahama ever, 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 end quote. Between ground transportation being a mess, 
aggressive salespeople accosting passengers when they leave the ship, and a general lack of things to do. Many cruise lines feel that Grand Bahama Island just is not worth the negative experience that their passengers end up coming back with. The Bahamas have uh, long enjoyed the relative ease with which U.S. citizens could travel back and forth to the islands, but now that new security procedures require passports to visit the Bahamas, tourism is starting to decline as Americans choose more exotic and nicer, quite frankly, locales. The tourism minister says that several changes are in the works, especially where transportation, uh, transportation issues are concerned, and Disney representative was quoted as telling them, quote, good, save yourself the embarrassment, and call us when you have it fixed. <laughs> that um, doesn't sound good. No. Well, I mean, you know, we, we, we know that Nassau is, is problematic, but I, I understand that Grand Bahama Island is... Grand Bahamas is, is Freeport. Is even worse. Freeport, yeah. Right. Oh, and yeah. you pull into that dilapidated garbage scow port that's actually on the other side of the island, and you have to take some sort of transportation to actually get to Freeport. We enjoyed Freeport, and I thought the bus transportation was fascinating. I learned something I never knew about the Bahamas. Is, there's a Freeport in the Bahamas, too? I yeah, Freeport, Freeport is on Jamaica. Gra- no, Freeport is on Grand Bahama. Oh, okay. Grand Bahama Island. Yeah. And, but it is, it's ugly. It is. It's terrible. Right. It's terrible. I mean, and, like, it, and as Kevin said, you, you come into literally the, the uh, shipping port, the oil part, port with the tankers and the big storage facilities. And the rusted boats. And they do the typical thing that they do in the islands is they have like four people set up with little colorful booths selling you stuff and braiding your hair. But everything else happens on the other side of the island. Right. Well, the, um, the tourism minister was like meeting with business leaders and asked the question during this meeting, what's wrong with us? And so I actually took a few minutes to come up with a list of what I think is wrong with the Bahamas. And I say this tongue-in-cheek, but it's also fairly, you know, fairly honest. If you've ever been to the Bahamas, you'll appreciate this. My number one thing they have to improve is don't touch me. There's one thing I can't stand. It's walking through someplace and some per- somebody grabbing at me saying, hey, mister, come on in here, check out, check out what I got. I can't stand it. Then don't go to Jamaica. Don't go to Jamaica. Don't go to Cozumel. And don't go to don't go to the Bahamas. Um, number two, stop acting like animals when you're driving. Um, it scares the hell out of us. We're not used to that. And stop trying to cram 27 people into a van that's only supposed to seat eight. It's not a real comfortable experience. Transportation on Nassau, it's just a terrible experience. Um, lose the attitude. They, 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 they act like they're doing me a favor. When I'm, you know, buying their crap, mm. and they should probably stop selling crap to boot if they want to attract more people to to come there and and keep coming back. Um, stop putting your infants in cardboard boxes on the side of the road while you're trying to sell me five knockoff T-shirts for ten dollars. Every time I've gone there, I've seen that where they where somebody's got the baby, and they've got you know a couple of blankets, and the baby's laying in a cardboard box. Every time I've gone to the Bahamas, I've seen it. You're not, you're really not selling the baby? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I never asked. I never asked. But, I mean, the bottom line is this, that, you know, we don't want to be confronted by abject poverty. You know, we're getting off what could be, you know, comically described as an Uber yacht, where our bar bill is probably going to be more than most of these people make in a year. And no, when we're on vacation, we don't want to be reminded that things are that bad. When you see that, when you see these situations that these people are working and living in, that's not that's not an, attract, an attractive thing. You don't walk away with a good experience. You don't feel like the cruise line has brought you someplace that you're going to remember. Mm-hmm. And this was the problem that's been happening with cruises that are going to Freeport. It's not just Disney. 
You've got Carnival. Carnival had to refund thousands of dollars a few months ago because people had such an awful experience when they got off the ship in Freeport. Mm. We saw a street fight in Nassau on our last Disney yeah, cruise. Locals. It's crazy. Fight, fighting the cops. Yeah, like, and, it was not and, good. And, and now that you have... Now that you have the um, now that you have the passport requirements, you've already got the passport. Why would I go to the Bahamas when I could just as easily go to Aruba? I could just as easily go to uh, Bermuda. You go for the Tanzanite. Go, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't go to Bermuda either. Exactly. So I just and I don't feel like I should. I need to apologize for not wanting to see Bermuda. poverty when I go on vacation. If I want that, I can go to Lake Eola. Well, at least Bermuda. They do something to keep the island. Bermuda's never getting a dollar of my my well, tourist money. Okay. They come. turned away Rosie O'Donnell's ship. Eighty churches protested that Rosie O'Donnell's family-friendly cruise was coming to Bermuda. And the people of Bermuda rallied behind the churches and said they didn't want a gay cruise coming to Bermuda. I didn't well, know that. Sorry. They're not getting a dollar of my money. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Well, you know, something that's that's, you know, they're all... Now, right now, the big trend is going towards Europe. Um, a lot of a lot of Americans right now are cruising in Europe, and that market's up twenty five percent. Whereas the Caribbean, Bermuda, and the Bahamas are all down. Uh, they're going to have to start uh, making themselves very attractive to a lot more people. They're going to have to start doing something. Key West took in Rosie O'Donnell's ship, by the way. Yay! Oh, really? And That's threw a party place. at the pier. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yep, threw a huge party at the pier, welcoming the ship. But Bermuda wouldn't. Don't go to Bermuda. Do you think they'll throw me a party the next time I go? Yeah, I, I'll throw you one. All right, our number two story this week is something else that gets me hot under the collar. Uh, a new themed restaurant is coming to downtown Disney, and uh, I know Bob had mentioned this, I think, a couple of couple of weeks ago when Scott Powers and the Orlando Sentinel uh, had an article about the T-Rex restaurant that's being done by uh, the, the Rainforest Cafe people. Yeah. Uh, it's going to feature 35 different life-size dinosaurs throughout a 30,000-square-foot restaurant. And it will even have a quarter of a million dollars worth of fossils embedded in the men's and ladies' bathrooms, which I thought was a real classy thing. Um, People are going to be in there with pickaxes. And so, I mean, and I'm sorry, just what I'm reading about this, what I'm hearing about this, we're looking at yet another overpriced, overthemed restaurant that serves Sub-pour. at best medi- medi- mm-hmm. mediocre food. I, I guess my point is that. Just because I'm easily entertained doesn't mean that I check my my taste buds and my common sense at the door. And I really can't imagine why Disney, given the fact that the two Rainforest Cafe locations they already have, are pretty much very, very inconsistent. I'll be kind. They're very inconsistent. Every time I go into one, I never know what I'm going to get. They have a captive audience, and they know it. But that $15 cheeseburger we're buying... I can get for $5 at a roadside diner somewhere, and it's probably going to be better at the diner. Didn't you think this was something that time had passed, this mega-themed restaurant? I mean, yeah. didn't this go out with Planet Hollywood? No, well, they're just going to find, they're going to find new excuses to you know, annoy me every 15 minutes when I'm trying to right. eat my dinner. Can you imagine how loud that place is going to be? It's going to be, oh. yeah. It's, it's going to be dinosaurs screaming. and oh, yeah, I don't God. think what, I want to eat with things it? that could eat me. <laughs> and, you know, it's also their, their, their business model has not worked well outside the tourist corridor. Anytime they've tried to open up some of these restaurants outside of a popular tourist area, they usually end up failing. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Because most people will not pay those prices for the crap food that they're serving. Well, once you've seen the screaming gorillas, 
the thrill is kind of gone. Not right. that there was much of a thrill to begin with, but you know, once you've scared the daylights out of your children who didn't expect the gorillas to scream and yell and move, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you know, who goes back? Yeah, it really amazes me that they would let this company build another restaurant. And well, my see, my feeling is 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 opposed to spending countless millions of dollars giving me something to look at while I'm taking a, a leak. Um, maybe that money should be, be put into the into the kitchen and into the food and pay attention to the quality of what's actually coming out of of the restaurant. And that it's not just because you can overcharge doesn't mean you shouldn't at least try and give a good experience. And some decent food. Well, we've said that for years. It costs just as much. It costs just as much to make crap. Why not serve something decent? I, I mean, it costs you just as it, much to make crappy food. It all comes down to where your priorities are, and why Disney continues to partner with Landry's and and this guy from Rainforest. That's they're the pair that are putting this on. And uh, isn't Landry's uh, the partner in uh, Yak and Yeti? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a Landry's, a Landry's restaurant. So, which to me has the worst name of any restaurant, the Yakking Yeti. Yakking Yeti, yeah, I know it's a horrible name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Barf and Go. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. We were over the, at Downtown Disney this past week, and that restaurant, the footprint's gonna, it's gonna be right next to the McDonald's to the right. If you're looking out towards the parking lot, mm-hmm. in between that and the. Uh, uh, Legos, no, Legos and McDonald's, but to the right of that, oh, okay. right between that and Fulton's, that's where that whole area is. Which doesn't develop. Doesn't seem to be any room over there. Well, no. so when you take a look at, they took part of the parking lot away. Yeah, thirty. No, yeah, thirty thousand square feet for animatronic dinosaurs and uh, fossils in the bathroom. Why didn't they just put a restaurant in Universe of Energy? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's uh, uh, just you know what just we'll have to see what happens. Uh, It'll be popular the handwriting's on the wall. I'm sorry, we've seen no, those, too many of these places open. Those yeah. are fossils. <laughs> <laughs> They're cavemen handwriting. <laughs> All right, our number one story this week. A few weeks ago, Jay Rasulo had told a group of investors that there were no plans to build a new theme park, but that Disney would be investing in its existing parks. And they released some more details last week about the expansion that's going to be going on and and is going to be massive. Uh, Disney's California Adventure is going to receive the biggest overhaul. Nearly $1.1 billion is going to be pumped into that park, which is more than it actually costs to build. That's a lot. It's about time. And it's been a real letdown, as we've talked about in the past. It's been a real letdown to those on the West Coast who make up the bulk of the, the visitors. So uh, what Disney is going to be doing is they're, they're trotting out Walt. They're, uh, they're going to be infusing a lot more of Walt Disney into California Adventure. For example, the entry area is going to resemble California the way it looked to Walt when he first mm. went out there in the 1920s. And they're going to be adding a, a new nighttime show as well. They're creating a 9,000-seat seating area around the water to support the show. Ooh. Paradise Pier is going to be getting Toy Story Mania starting next year. They said a lot of those uh, uh, carnival-type attractions would disappear also. Good. Mulholland Drive is going away. I see. I thought the carnival that thing added, added a lot of charm. Yeah, I like it too. Um, but they're also adding uh, a new Little Mermaid attraction is supposed to be coming in. 
There, and I, I'm dying to know where they found the land, the land for this. They're actually adding 12 acres to that park. Mm. It's part and of the parking lot, I think. It must be. And this is where they're going to create Cars Land, Ooh. which is going to be inspired by the movie. And it's going to include an e-ticket ride called Radiator Springs Racers, which mm. sounds like it could be, could be cool. And there'll be two other family-oriented attractions there. And, uh, of course, they're going to be adding a lot of uh, new dining and entertainment venues. They're also moving the entrance closer to the Disneyland entrance. Yeah, they're trying to make it not so uh, so separate. not so crazy. Yeah. yeah, and there's no word yet on when they expect the changes to be complete. But a preview center scheduled to be open sometime in 2008. Hmm. So I think they've got some. Uh, I mean, that's not the only expansion they're doing. They're doing stuff to all the parks, but that's the that's the big one. Is they're it? trying to clean house for when the cruise ships are over there. Yeah, it's supposed to be done by the time. That oh yeah, the ship. Oh gets yeah, they're going to have stationed to. out there. They're going to have to. I can't find it in my notes, but they're also going to make uh, an icon for that park. What are they? What are they oh, gonna it's going to be. The, I forgot which theater it's going to be. Um, it's the one where he. Uh, the Carthay Circle. The Carthay Circle theater. Or the Cathay Circle. Yeah, I apologize. Where they premiered uh, Snow White in the thirties. Oh, okay. Actually, there's a replica of that already in. Um, MGM Disney Hollywood Studios. It's the villain shop. The candy shop is the uh, facade of the Cathay Circle Theater where Snow White premiered in the 1930s. I didn't know that. I don't know why I do, but... (laughs) (laughs) We go... And I, I decided to do a, a quick and dirty uh, stump the round table. Oh, uh, good. We were talking about uh, Cruise Line and uh, Ports of Call, so I, I thought I'd ask you guys, tell me the top... Yeah, give me the top five. All uh, of the world? Cruise locations in the world. Okay. Cruise cruise, cruise yeah, ports. Cruise, lo- cruise locations, areas of the world where cruises are likely to go. Alaska. Hawaii. Okay. Alaska's number two. Hawaii's number five. Australia? Nope. Oh, Caribbean. Yeah. Is Europe Caribbean. saying Europe too broad? Caribbean and Eastern Mexico is number one. Did we- Europe. I would say Europe. The Mediterranean? Nope. We've got number one, number two, number five. Aruba? Nope. Asia. Asia, yeah. Nope. Wow. Come on, guys. Our top story talked about this, uh, this. The Bahamas? The Bahamas. Number three is the Bahamas. That's because it's close. Yeah, I think it's so, a, too. It's close enough to get a ship out there and back. And so. I think it kind of meets that foreign port. Yeah, Hawaii's, Hawaii's number five, Bermuda number four, Bahamas number three, Bermuda. Alaska number two, and Caribbean and Eastern Mexico number one. That's from the uh, CLIA. That's the the reason for the Bahamas is because the ships are registered in the Bahamas, right? So they probably have to visit that port. And... Well, that's so, interesting. Yeah, a little something different. All right, that'll do it for the news this week. We're we gonna... didn't do too bad that this week. No, you guys got most of them. All right, we're going to move on to. Uh, Rapid fire. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. All right, Bob. We're only about a month away from Thanksgiving, and I just wanted to make a mention uh, of we have some information on our website for Thanksgiving dining, and uh, we're going to have a link to that on the website this week. But I also wanted to touch on a few other uh, restaurants out in the Orlando area that have uh, choices for Thanksgiving. Uh, one of them is uh, the Columbia Restaurant in Downtown Celebration. It's um, they're going to have a uh, traditional 
turkey dinner. And if you want to uh, call, it's 407-566-1505. And another one is over... Before you go further, is that pricing that you sent us correct? That's what I found, yeah. Uh, that's reasonable. It was like yeah, $18. Se- seventeen ninety five for an adult, four four ninety five for a child. Wow. That, that's reasonable. And it's in a nice location. Columbia Restaurant is right across from the lake in Celebration. So yeah. it's a nice place. All you know, Celebration is very nice. It is, but I thought that was a decent price. I thought that oh, was very, a nice price point. Absolutely. Yeah. Another one over in Celebration is the Plantation Room at Celebration Hotel. We've actually had Thanksgiving dinner there. It's absolutely elegant. Really? Yeah. And it's not stuffy at all. I mean, I, we went in shorts and nice shirts, but, I mean, it's elegant. When it, we went, they set up one entire room as a... The as dessert room. The dessert room. They oh, also that had sounds good. Appetizer buffet, similar to what you get in the Palo. Palo How much? It is a little pricey. It's $54 for adults and $21 for uh, children ages 3 to 12. And if you want to call, the, the number is 407-566-6000 to make a reservation. And they talk about things like uh, black forest ham and roasted turkey, sweet potato. Oh, I'm getting hungry. They also had like it. caviar and uh, crab legs and things like it was, that. It was yeah. really nice. It's that, worth yeah, the price. The $54 price is shown in the buffet. So, well, that's well. good. Uh, I also want to mention that over in uh, the, the hotels at, for Universal um, at Portofino, they have the uh, two Italian restaurants uh, uh, themed for a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention. Trattoria? Trattoria. Trattoria del Porto is featuring a uh, champagne buffet with antipasto and all the other slow roasts. I don't like Trattoria. And that price is $46 for an adult, 23 for kids. Wow. I wouldn't. Not there. Uh, and then Mama Della's it has a traditional dinner with maple roasted turkey. That sounds good. See, now Mama Della's different story. Oyster, cornbread, stuffing, sage stuffing, oven roasted mushrooms. And the dinner is available 4 to 10. You can, for any of the... How uh, much is it at Mama Della's? Mama Della's, it's not listed. I, it I don't want oysters it. in my dressing, in my stuffing. But uh, any of the universal hotels for the dining, you can call 407 503 and the word dine, D-I-N-E, to get reservations. Uh, another one is Royal Pacific is doing something also. Um, At the Island Dining Room? Yeah. So Island Dining Room is good, but it can be hit or miss. And then also at the Hard Rock Cafe, the kitchen is, is doing um, The Hard Rock Hotel. At the Hard Rock Hotel. So... They have uh, maple roasted chicken, Alaskan halibut, pasta station, and chilled seafood bar. That's forty three ninety five for an adult, seventeen ninety five for children under twelve. These are nice to know because a lot of people are worried about not being able to get a traditional Thanksgiving dinner at the parks. Right, and there's not a lot of places that are serving traditional Thanksgiving. So it's nice to know that there are some options just off property. Exactly. I don't think I want a traditional Italian Thanksgiving. It's a lot of yelling and guilt. Not <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. So, the Magi family that was my traditional I Thanksgiving. Just, yeah. I just wanted to mention that, and you know, time's creeping up on us. Thanksgiving's only a month away, so yeah. So the holidays are going. So that's it for me. 
All right. Thanks, Bob. Julie. Mine is about ice at Gaylord Palms. It'll be here November 19th through January 3rd. Wow. Nearly 2 million pounds and 5,000 blocks of ice will be hand-carved and transformed into a winter wonderland. It's 9 degrees inside the so-called Florida fridge. It is cold. (laughs) It is really cold. And there are 15,000 plus fluorescent and fiber optic lights that are going to be frozen inside of the ice, creating a magical holiday experience. Tickets are on sale now. You can purchase them online or call 407-586-4-ICE. The ticket prices actually are not that expensive, I didn't think, but um, Monday through Thursday prices are different than Friday and through Sunday. An adult ticket is $20 Monday through Thursday, 25 Friday through Sunday. And then children, no matter when they come, it's always nine ninety nine. And then, of course, they have a discount for seniors. Try to go Sunday through Thursday. It's a lot less crowded. Now, if it, it is 9 degrees, but they will provide you with... There are a, these huge blue parkas. Corey and I went two years ago, I think. Yeah. And it was fun. We went down the ice slide and all that kind of stuff. But it was really cold. So if you're coming to Florida, you don't have to bring your own snowsuit. And yeah. I, don't rem- I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but there's a restaurant there on the Gaylord Palms that does an absolutely terrific buffet. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day. It's really one of the most extensive buffets I've ever seen. We've eaten there many times, and we're all looking at each other thinking, what is the name of that restaurant? It's got a really long name, and there's nothing you're going to say that's going to make me think of it, but it's It's a buffet right in the middle of the atrium. It's right in the middle of the atrium. The atrium has a great great buffet. It really is. Yeah, we've gone there from, like, Mother's Day and and stuff like that. I also want to add something else. Children under three are free, and they also have ice skating, but it's something that you'd have to add on to your ticket. So. Gaylord cool. Palm That's also has, has one of the best outside displays of anybody at Christmas time. They really light it up really beautifully. It's a beautiful hotel. Actually, if you were going there to uh, Gaylord Palms, that's a couple of hours. Gaylord Palms Atrium is set up to resemble Florida. So there's a, the fort at um, – where did Ponce de Leon discover the Fountain of Youth? <laughs> I can I – can, I know. Oh, oh. You've been there. St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Yeah, Pete St. Augustine, and then you have Key West area. Right. Yeah, so so it's kind of, it's the lobby and the atrium is really kind of a fun to uh, explore. It's yeah. Fort Zachary Taylor in Key West. And they do some neat uh, Christmas decorating inside also. They do. They have a skylight show or a sky show where they do things up in the ceiling and there's choral groups and things like that. So it's, it's a, a fun place resort. to go. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you, Julie. Corey? I have a few. We um, we actually did a food and wine festival this uh, Past Saturday, we we do it every year with a big group, and we you know start and try to hit up hit up every stop. They um, a few things have changed. Uh, Canada, they're giving you a full cup of soup now. Got a lot of complaints, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, so they're they're filling that up, and also they're experimenting with um, trying to make these lines go by faster. Where they would give you a few of the booths are doing it. They're testing it out instead of giving you the color coded card that uh you know kind of corresponds with the food you order. You actually you're bringing your receipt up to the people that are handing the food out instead of the cards. But it's kind of like it's now it's making the line to pick your food up longer, and the, the line to pay is, is shorter. So it's kind of they're, they're experimenting, they're trying, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Also, this also brings me to my uh, my rapid fire. Uh, I witnessed something at Food and Wine Festival that brings me to my uh, park peeve. For those of you who don't know, park peeve is a word I made up. It's a uh, it's like a pet peeve, but it's something that happens specifically in the parks. Um, fi- using using foul language. In the parks, I witnessed something, and this guy had a mouth on him around these children. Now, I, th- this this is like my the ultimate park peeve. I can't stand it. You know, I'll use language. I, I'll probably use every word in the book while watching an LSU football game. But I'm in the privacy of my own home. You know, if you're in a theme park 
and, and there are children around, you need to watch your language. And I don't care who you are. If you're Hulk Hogan or you're Hannah Montana, I don't care who you are. If I hear you drop the F-bomb, I'm going to come up to you and say something. You better hope there's a cast member around, too. I, it just, it really, it really. Yeah, that was bad. It really pissed me off. <laughs> uh, That's my rapid fire. Troy <laughs> almost got into a fist fight at Epcot. Uh, but, you know, that, that whole experience, the best thing to do is just go to a cast member and highlight the person to a cast member and let them I know, yeah, that's the right thing. I know, that's the right thing to do, but, but you, you need know. to be aware of your surroundings, really. Yeah. It, it, I'm not, I like know. the way Kevin handles it. Kevin walks up to him and goes, happiest place on earth. <laughs> that's what I say, too. I'm like, it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth, you know? Let's all get along. <laughs> you got to say it with the right attitude, though. It helps I'm, that I'm, I'm six foot five. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I have to just... When Julie comes up and says something to you and she has she wants to make a point, she can get her point across. I told you she's fierce. By the way, I like thank you, Kevin. That's a compliment. All right, Kevin. Um I have a really rapid, rapid fire. They did away with the All Star Cafe at Disney's Wide World of Sports. Yay. And they're going to be opening very soon the fast casual concept. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of funny myself. Fast casual. Um, they're going to have freshly prepared daily made-to-order sandwiches, uh, including soups, sandwiches, and salads. It's going to be a quick kind of counter-service kind of place, and I guess that's what this location needed as opposed to a sit-down restaurant. People want stuff they can take back to watch whatever they're yeah, there to grab, watch. Grab-and-go type of stuff if you're right. going to be watching a sports event. And if they're going to actually stick with what they say and make it, you know, homemade and freshly prepared and everything's fresh and quick, I think that's a great idea. I still won't go there, but what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kevin. Has that opened yet? No, not yet. Okay. There's a date on there. John. Uh, Walt Disney World Parks and Resorts was recognized at the 25th Silver Anniversary Media Access Awards. Uh, this took place on October 14th, and they got an award for their uh, an outstanding uh, groundbreaking commercial that they've put in place for the Year of a Million Dreams, and it's called Signs. And it's a television commercial that has a young boy and his father communicating by sign language. Hmm. I thought this was an, uh, something excellent. Disney's always on the forefront of people with disabilities and, and uh, special needs, and I just think that this is something that they should be recognized for as well. Is oh, I, I thought you were going to say they're always on the for- forefront of trotting out minorities and the disabled for use in advertising. <laughs> well, that too. That <laughs> they like to represent all aspects of human nature. Jokes, but that's well, really somebody, cool. that is very, it is very cool. And it's it nice is. that they got it recognized for it. And, um, you know, more power to them, I think. No, I think that's, it's very cool. While we're talking about this, someone has asked, uh, there's a young man on the boards who has not been able to listen to the podcast, and we've gotten a couple of emails about, could this be transcribed? And I think we should reiterate that we tried that at one time. This has come up on the boards and in email, that we did try and transcribe this, and it was just very, very expensive and not effective at all. Yeah, it's really hard with this format, with the number of people we have at the table, to do a transcription that really Ma- captures everything. Um, and that makes any sense at all. And yeah. then Julie said. Right. <laughs> it, it, because of the fact that we're not all speaking right. in short blocks, we kind of overlap right. each other. So I, I apologize for that, but I did want to – this has been going on for a while now. There's a young man in Scotland, I believe, who is having trouble 
accessing the podcast information. So there are people who are listening to the podcast and sort of helping him out on the boards, which I think is great. Mm, that so. is. That's, well, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, all right. Mine, uh, my rapid fire has to do with um, Condé Nast Traveler, uh, their Reader's Choice Awards. Uh, Disney Cruise Line was recognized as the number three cruise line behind Crystal and Regent Seven Seas, huh. which are two, you know, very, very, very upscale cruise lines. That's yeah. I mean, this is good company they're being mentioned with. I mean, these aren't... Well, yeah, they've always been... Ever, ever since they've uh, they've launched, I think they've always been rated in the very top. They're, they're always considered up against, like, Crystal and, and Quinard and, and that at that caliber as opposed to, let's say, Royal Caribbean or Princess or, or Carnival. Not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying that right. you know, really Disney Cruise that... Line is always considered in the upper tier. You're surprised at what? I'm surprised. I'm, I'm really surprised, surprised that... People who I don't know, Condé Nast Traveler. Have you ever read Condé Nast Traveler, the magazine? Even I want to go to sleep. It's not exactly the magazine <laughs> for the average traveler. It's a very upscale magazine. So I'm. It's kind of like reading House and Garden, and you realize you just don't live like that. I read Condé Nast Traveler and don't travel like that. So I'm. I'm it surprises me that Disney has even mentioned it within those other cruise lines. So I think it's kind of cool. Some other awards that uh, Disney Cruise Line uh, won this year. Uh, Condé Nast Traveler gave the Vista Spa, the number three cruise line spa, hmm. which I think it's a wonderful spa, as spas go. I think it's... I don't spend much time there, but I know you guys like it. Diana, well, that, Diana loves it. The Rainforest Room. I'm oh, telling yeah. you right now. The Rainforest Room. Whoever comes up with that concept on land is going to make some money. Because you very, very rarely find that where you have... It's a, it's a co-ed... Um, area with those terracotta, those heated terracotta lounges, and three different types of steam rooms, and the aromatherapy shower. And yeah. they only need about sixty more of those those loungers out. Oh, yeah, I know they only have four of them in there. And have you ever wanted to actually throw someone out of one? Yes. Yeah, sixty more. Then it's like the Roman baths in there. <laughs> That's a little gross. And uh, Travel and Leisure magazine had also ranked Disney Cruise Line number four in the large ship cruise category this year so they continue to get um, they continue to get their awards and their accolades good for them good for them much deserved and they're and they're beating up uh, the bahamas so i'm really happy with uh, disney cruise line right now and that'll do it for rapid fire this week folks we're going to move on and kevin close has a review of the newly opened teppan ito restaurant Corey and bob gave us a Bit of an overview last week. Kevin went and did an official review this week. Well, we did Tokyo Dining. We did Tokyo Dining. Yes. That's true. That's the true. Sushi area. The sushi area, and Kevin actually went and did the uh, the hibachi. hibachi experience. So, Kevin, what did you think? I want to preface all of this with the fact that this was their opening day. They had done some soft opening beforehand and allowed people to have dinner there, but we were there on opening day. So, I want to give them that benefit. Okay. Uh, after hearing Bob and Corey's version of what was going on, we thought we were in for a big surprise. And I have to say, I'm in 100% agreement. This new restaurant looks glorious. They have done a fantastic job of making this look like it belongs in the 21st century and not built in 1982. It, it looks absolutely beautiful inside. It's modern and sleek and yeah. open and spotless. Uh, that's kind of where my good news ends. Ooh. Um. They had, I think they have every person on the payroll greeting you as you walk in. And I understand the need for authenticity and that the custom 
in Japan is to bow and smile. However, when you have a phalanx of bowing and smiling people that you have to run the gauntlet through, it, it, it gets a little annoying after a while. You actually don't know who to talk to or who to look at. I, I'm going to guess from the entrance at least 15 people bowed and smiled at us and said thank you and smiled and bowed. And this doesn't stop. I mean, it's not that it, you get bowed and smiled once. They keep doing it. And you, it's, it's, it, when, when do you cut that off and just walk away without but being rude? For them, rude? it's like shaking hands, right? Yes, but I don't shake hands with you for the entire time you're there. I know. I shake hands with you and I stop. But there's, I think like, it's really nice. I just want to say that. Okay. Well, again, once, twice three times a lady fine by the 15th person who and the first person still doing it after a while it's kind of you're it it becomes uncomfortable because you don't know how to end it when you stop shaking hands with somebody you sort of smile and nod and walk away that wasn't really possible uh the other thing they did was they need to be it needs to be explained to the people who are explaining how this is going to work that you kind of have to group everybody on one side to talk to them. She spread us out along the hallway walking to the hibachi table so that she would start her speech looking at us. And then she would turn her head and tell another part of the speech to the other party we were sitting with. First of all, these are tables for eight. I should explain that. And it doesn't matter if you have four people in your party. What they're going to do is they're going to make you wait until they have four other people to sit with you. They're looking to fill these seats. These are eight-seat eight tables, so you are pretty much guaranteed that unless you have seven or eight people in your party, that you're going to be sitting with people you don't know. Again, not a problem, but if you're explaining to me how the, the whole situation is going to work, you need to sort of either do it twice or face all of the party at one time. It was very, very difficult. As a matter of fact, the people we were sitting with, who were from Massachusetts and very sweet, kept saying to John, what is she talking about? What is she saying? So, And, and I don't want to offend any culture, but it seemed like every one of the women spoke roughly in the same pitch as a dolphin. They had this high-pitched voice that no one could understand. As a matter of and fact, was, we took video of it, and you can hear it. It, it's, it was... They've chosen people to represent them who, and I'm not saying this is horrible, but it's like they didn't have the skills set to do this. It wasn't, they weren't very good at it at this point. I'm sure they'll get better. And again, this is opening day, but I understand that these folks have just come here from Japan and they just arrived in July. But you know how they have the Disney traditions thing where people are taught how to speak to groups of people? These folks need that. Okay, moving on. In my opinion, they uh, we used to uh, frequent the Tekbenyaki Grill at Japan quite frequently, and it's the, it, in my opinion they've dumbed the menu down. They have put the app. They've limited the amount of appetizers. It's now down to four appetizers, two soups, and three salads. And they've done away with the onion soup that everybody was familiar with and now have miso soup and Japanese clear soup with it, which is a fish-based soup. The appetizers also... Uh, we talked to just recently about, uh, just a minute ago in Rapid Fire, about the grab-and-go. Appetizers are served in this very unusual cardboard box that is octagon-shaped and all folds down in on itself, so it makes this weird design. But when you open it up, your appetizer is actually served in a plastic deli container. 
Like, for instance, the people next to us got a shrimp cocktail, and I actually asked if I could take a picture of it. This is a half-pint deli container, so all of this stuff is preformed and put in these little plastic deli containers and then put in these cardboard boxes, and that's how it's served to you. It's just, it's a really inexpensive presentation, and it makes it look like you could have gotten this at anywhere. I, I don't, this is not fine dining, in my opinion. In a cardboard box and then a little plastic deli container that I can get at the local supermarket, it, it seemed to me that the shrimp cocktail was six fifty, and you got four shrimp in this cardboard box. I thought it was kind of cheap and cheesy. John got something. I was amazed that he ordered it. Something called a vegetable croquette, which was had the vague shape and taste of um, McDonald's hash brown that you get in the morning, and it had bits of corn in it. So when you opened up this little gift box, there was that little plastic deli container with two of these little hash brown things in it, and it was just odd. It was an odd presentation, and I'm surprised that they've chosen to serve their food this way. Moving on, we had seen the sushi menu for the Tokyo Dining. And there are about 50 items, I think you said, yeah. on the Tokyo Dining. And I found a couple of things that I thought looked great. So we went in, and I was going to order an entree anyway. And their sushi is a California roll, a sushi sampler, a crispy eel roll, or a crispy sukiyaki beef roll. Now, the yaki sushi is grilled on the grill first, so it's cooked. So you actually, as far as sushi is concerned, you have your choice of two, a California roll or a sushi sampler. Now, we live in an area where you can get a California roll in the Publix any day of the week. I actually don't even consider really a California roll sushi at yeah, this point. Neither do I. It, it's kind of an Americanized version. It's a of, safe way to eat. You know, right. You don't want that eat sushi is the sushi that they're actually serving at the food and wine. Downstairs. Right. And it's in my opinion, if you're a sushi connoisseur, right. you're probably not ordering the California roll. I had asked the waitress, I had seen several things on the sushi menu from Tokyo Dining, which was literally 10 feet away, if I could order off of that as my appetizer. And she went through this whole explanation of no, 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 you can't do that because that's a different restaurant. So I said, okay, okay, not a problem. So the next thing I know, the manager came over and the manager leans down and says to me i understand you wanted to order sushi from tokyo dining and i thought well great they're going to fix this and make the guest comfortable i said yeah i did and she says no and i thought okay, <laughs> okay thank you Tease me i don't understand why you came over she said no and you came over to say no too i get it no now on our drive home they could have easily solved this by saying to us that do you under? You have to understand that's a separate restaurant with a separate accounting system. We'll go and get your sushi for you, but at the end of the dinner, you're going to have two checks. That would have solved the entire problem. Uh, and I'm sure in the future, I'm not the first person that's going to request this. This would be fixed. However, it, they made a production out of something that I understood was no from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I had two different people tell me the same thing. And you walk into the you walk into the building, and that's what you see. Oh, you yeah. see the Tokyo dining area, right. and you see this beautiful sushi coming out, and you think, and if you're a sushi lover, you think, wow, that looks great. I can't wait to get my hands on that. And you sit down, and she literally just said no. Yeah, if anyone sees the volcano. Yeah, I'm surprised that you can't get sushi at the Hibachi Grill. That's... No, you can get a California roll or the sushi. But real, um, real sushi, like pizzas. No, and, you can't. Uh, or nigiri. Yeah. You yeah. can't get nigiri at the, at the Hibachi tables either. Huh. Uh, 
moving on, we went to our entrees. The entrees are rather limited also. They've taken a great deal away. There are six entrees, single entrees, and it's your shrimp, uh, cold water scallops, chicken breast, sirloin steak, tenderloin steak, or seasonal vegetables. The seasonal vegetable is the cheapest entree at $16, and the most expensive entree is the filet mignon at $29. There's also three combinations of... uh, Steak and chicken, steak and shrimp, and chicken and large shrimp. Now, they used to have a lobster scallop shrimp combination, or you could get a combination of shrimp and scallops. They've done away with those. uh, These are your choices. That's it. And they have uh, five different kids' entrees. Two are cooked on the hibachi table, and then three are cooked in the back. Now, the three that are cooked in the back are... Shrimp and chicken tempura, grilled chicken breast with teriyaki sauce, and potato and vegetable croquettes. That's the same thing that John ordered as an appetizer. But what's really cool is they come up, they come out in these sort of ceramic monorails. As a matter of fact, oh, wow. we, were, we were envious. The kids at the other table had stuff served in a monorail, and I thought, well, that's really kind of cute. I would have ordered that. <laughs> My mom ordered something off the kids' menu. They had no problem meeting that requirement or meeting that request. So... Getting onto the food, we actually filmed the man. It's typical hibachi style dining. Then they put on quite a show. I mean, he makes the onion volcano and does all the little tricks and things. However, we found the food oily. Now, again, it was the first day they were open, but this was obviously someone who was a seasoned chef, as there were a great many other chefs standing behind us watching him. It was kind of like a training session. Everything came out. Everything came off the grill with a layer of oil on it. it. It actually made your lips feel greasy while you ate. The other thing is that there was virtually no flavor to anything that was served. I'm kind of a connoisseur of hibachi table cooking. We love Benihana. Yeah. And in Benihana, they cook with sesame seeds and garlic butter and Coca-Cola. Re- regular butter. Yeah. They cook with a great many spices. That were sorely lacking in the food at Teppanito. There were just there wasn't enough flavor to the food as far as I was concerned. And hibachi cooking is really kind of a simple form of cooking. You're mm. cooking on a grill surface. It's not there's not a lot of chance to season the food. So I'm surprised that they didn't take the opportunity to season when they could. My other little pet peeve is that most hibachi tables you go to, they serve your sauces in little individual dishes. Now, I'm a big fan of the ginger sauce, and I like that on my rice and things like that. They don't do that here. They've changed it to you get a a, a sauce dish that has three separate compartments. So they put three separate sauces. So if you're one of those people who likes to sort of pour your f- sauce onto your food, you can't do it. Because you would literally dump everything you had onto your food. So, yeah. um, and I asked for a spoon, and I was told they don't have spoons. So what do you I'm, eat the soup with? I, you know what? At this point, it was just like, okay, never mind. So then, what I did was I dumped my rice on my table, and I asked the gentleman, "Could you give me some of the ginger sauce?" Now, again, I, I finally got the ginger sauce that I was craving at the beginning of the meal, and it was virtually flavorless. Huh. It wasn't very flavorful at I all. Changed it. Yeah, it's been changed a lot. Some of the nice things they've done is they've made the actual cooking surface smaller and they've made the dining area of each table bigger. You have more space between you and the table than you used to. That's nice. It's also, as I say, it's a beautiful restaurant. They've modernized it completely. When we went in and sat down, the plates are square and black. 
And one of the people sitting with us, I looked over and there was a layer of grease on the plate that had been set on the clean table. So I picked it up and I just, I picked it up to make sure because black plates have a tendency to, you know, when they come out of a dishwasher, Mm -hmm. they can look like that. So I took my finger and I realized, no, this is actually grease. I can move the grease across the plate. So I called the waitress over and I handed her the plate. She bent down behind the hibachi table and stood up and handed it back to me. And I said, so I moved, I touched again. I said, no, this is greasy. So she went to get a cloth to wipe it off. And I said, no, you really need to get me a clean one. Well, this involved a great deal of bowing. And then she walked over and handed it to someone else. We watched that plate go to four different people. She handed it to one person. One person handed it to another before it went into the back. And somebody came out with a clean plate. And I thought, you know, this is like a a Keystone Cops movie. (laughs) So altogether... Uh, it wasn't the food was not inedible by any stretch of the imagination, and I can understand that if you're not familiar with this type of food, that this would be kind of exotic and fun. Or if you've got kids watching this guy flip things around, was kind of fun. I thought the food quality was kind of poor, and I'm sorry, Benny Hanna is also on Disney property, and they've been doing this for a long time. The prices are similar, however, you get more food, it's better prepared, and there are more options. And you can order sushi any place you sit in the restaurant. If you put your butt in a seat, you can have anything you want from inside the restaurant. You also don't need park admission to get right. to the restaurant. Correct. You don't need park admission, and you can park literally right in front of the hotel. And Benny Hanna is over at the Hilton at, uh, at the downtown Disney. Disney. And again, the prices are commensurate with the same. They're the same prices in, in Teppanito. However, instead of six choices for dinner, you have 30 choices mm. for dinner. You also get with it soup and a salad. And, and a shrimp sh- appetizer. Right. So you get more for your money. I, I don't want to blast them, although it seems like I have, as it was their first day of opening. This was also the first time someone said to me, are you doing a restaurant review? Mm. They asked us. So I'm not quite sure how they found that out. But they don't have like a dish shirt on or anything? No, I think no. it's because of the way Bob made know. the reservation. Oh, so in my opinion, this was not this is not a rousing recommendation by any means. I would if you're if this is the kind of food you're hungry for, I would definitely head towards Benihana. In my opinion, it's a far superior experience. Now this is not the Tokyo dining up front. That place doesn't take reservations at all. It's a first come, first serve basis. The Teppan Ito is a place you have to make an ADR for and you can get the same kind of food at better someplace else. It was hundred and four dollars for all four of us. One person actually had a, a child's meal, so that's much less, and they don't take the Disney dining experience. And that's with one diet soda. There was no dessert. There was no alcohol. There was not even coffee or tea. That's another thing. They, there was no offer of tea served with your meal. And I've never been to a Japanese restaurant where you weren't offered a cup of tea at the end. Yeah. And there's not. The other thing is um, your only option as an accompaniment is white rice. So, yeah. One thing on the uh, the sushi, I just want to throw it out there for maybe a reason why they don't do the sushi from the other area is it may be that it slows down if if you're just a group of four of the total group of eight, it may slow down the experience in the cooking area. Well, they do the, offer sushi. They do offer sushi on the menu. No, I understand, so but it 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 would maybe take longer to get that other sushi from the sushi area. I'm sorry, it's I, ten feet away. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there as and I don't one believe of the reasons. But and they offer sushi on their menu. I know. So if it's taking them time, sushi should be fresh made when you order it. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't believe that what they're serving is fresh made. I believe what there is being made ahead and processed in yes, the back. I believe that too. Well, then that that's also horrible. So I mean, but I think that's the probably the reason. I definitely agree with you, Kevin, that they should allow you to have whatever you want, no matter which place you're sitting in. Like you said, it is only ten feet away. And the way yeah. the the way the hibachi setup works is that you get your food in stages as it's cooked it hits your plate so there's nothing wrong with in the middle of that having the person bring your sushi yeah. over well, i'm just throwing it out there that that might be the reason they're, they're i think holding had, that back the reason is that it's two separate accounting systems and they couldn't figure out how to make it work i'm actually i'm not really a big fan of the whole hibachi thing uh, i end up always ordering sushi when i'm sitting there well here you can't well yeah well then i probably will never do this one but I do like the sushi, though, Tokyo Dining. But I still great. have to try the Tokyo Dining, the other experience other than the sushi. Like get a steak. Right. We actually saw people getting their food, and it looked terrific. If I were to go back to Japan, and I would, I would definitely aim for the Tokyo Dining. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, for that review. And I was really hoping that it was going to be uh, – I was hoping it would have been a more positive but that's why I started the review you know, with, hope, the, with the first hope, Well, let's really hope that as time goes on that they get it, uh, you know, they get, they get the bugs, bugs worked out. They get their sea legs. So I know, I think Corey had mentioned that they brought, uh, this entire staff was brought over from Japan like in the last four months. Yeah, they brought them in June. And they've been training for four months. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, until you actually open exactly. and start doing yeah. it, you know, yeah, it's, it's one thing. You never know what the questions are going to be until they... Actually, start coming. From it's one it. thing in theory; it's a whole other thing in practice. So, all right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Um, we're going to move on to our forum watch segment. And who would like to? I'll start it. Go ahead, Julie. <laughs> uh, mine is actually from the scrapbooking board. Uh, Mazda UK started the thread, and it's about. Um, it's actually like a goal. It's called the October Scrap Challenge. So all of these women and men, I'm assuming, whoever likes to scrapbook, <laughs> they set a goal for themselves. You know, they say, oh, I'm going to get this many pages done this month. And they're really supportive of each other, you know, and getting the pages done, especially since the holidays are coming up. They're trying to motivate each other, which mm-hmm. I thought was really neat. And actually, one of the ladies, or I don't really know if she's a lady or not, but posted and said she did 30 pages in two days. Wow. I was impressed. That's a, that's <laughs> a, a lot. lot. That is a lot I, of work. I, I know nothing about scrapbooking. Well, okay, if I sit down to do a two-page layout, it could take me anywhere between three and five hours. Wow. Yeah. Scrapbooking is big, I'm telling it's you It's right very tedious now. and time-consuming. It, and if you love it, you know, you take yeah. your time. You want, to make, you want to look as good as it can. When we came back from Italy, I went out and spent $100 on scrapbooking stuff to put together a scrapbook of our trip. You never did? No, it's still in the bag. Do you it's, want me to do it? It's no. got like three pages in it. <laughs> It's very sad. I'm done. <laughs> the little letter letters stuck to the static vinyl, and it only lasted a couple of hours. Uh, well, speaking of, uh, of vacations, I just want to make sure I throw this in. You know, Walter listened to the show last week. Oh, oh yeah. Of course, the one week. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was telling him, actually, I, I'd been, I was on the phone with him after we recorded the show, and I was telling him we st- I really struggled with uh, the whole lightsaber discussion we had last week, whether or not I should leave it in. And I guess... He wanted to hear what that was all about, so he went and he listened. I'm like, oh, damn. Well, after Aussie John listened, he, he sent me a little note, and he's like, if it's good enough for Walter, it's good enough for you. Tell Corey that you need to go. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> no, so, yeah, he's all excited now. I'm sure. Well, that didn't last too long. We didn't yeah, I was, the, really, I was really hoping I was going to milk that for a while. We didn't get to the December 
the two December meetings. And I said to him, I said, it. all right, and when was, the, when was the last time you listened to the show? He's like, oh, the last time you asked me when the last time I, I listened to the show was. Yeah. So, Oh, well. All right, so uh, who's next on there for for watch? I'll go. This one's from the on the Disney Resorts board. It's uh, why do you stay on site? Now I thought uh, they were going to have you know people with different opinions. You know why uh, you know people staying off site? <laughs> the majority of the people. I mean, I guess it's no surprise want to stay on site. Uh, the the poster writes. She says I've been reading that you can get a two bedroom condo or even a whole house for under one hundred and fifty fifty dollars a night off site. Now. She said, I suppose I'm wondering why you would spend $100 for one hotel room or at a value resort or $200 for one room, you know, to share on site. And somebody posted, I thought this was interesting. Every time I drive by a chain restaurant, Walmart, a a cheap T-shirt outlet, you know, I lose something. I prefer not to deal with the real world when I'm on vacation, which is a good point. And I... Mm -hmm. And also, you know, the um, a lot of the big points is the whole driving thing. You know, you don't you don't have to drive. Yeah, right. You, you can just park your car, kind of like you're on a cruise. You know, t- take your keys and lock them away. And another thing is, someone mentioned, you know, the the benefit that you can send all your junk you buy to your room. You know, when you're shopping, just have yeah. it have it all sent to your room. That's a that's another good thing. I mean, the entire post, I, the entire thread, I thought it was all <laughs> why you should stay on site. Nothing was nothing was really positive about off site except getting a deal, getting a great deal. You know, if if you stay for more than seven days, you might want to consider staying off site. Get a get a town home or you know. Disney has perfected the immersive experience. Yeah. You know, we've got you on property. You're going to use our transportation. You're going to go to our stores, and everything is Disney themed. You know, it's tough when you get off property and you see, you know, uh, a gas station with a high price, and it reminds you of oh, I got to get gas before I get home. But yeah. it, you know. There's people who yeah. like to like to vacation different ways. So it's a good thing that those options are out there for people. You know, one of the options for staying off property is if you if you're bigger than a family of four, when you when you're buying a, a renting a, a room on Disney property, you're going to end up having to get two rooms usually. If you have like a party of four, or a party of six, or a party of eight, so you know that. There is a value for staying off property and being able to, you know, feed everybody and not have to spend money every time with the dining. You know, you can have a few meals where you have cereal in the morning and, you know, go off and do your thing. You know, those those types of things are, are what some people have to look at for making a vacation work and making it a budget right. vacation. Yeah, if you have a choice of, you know, not coming to Disney – or or stay you know exactly stay outside. And if you have you know a, a family with small kids and they need quiet time and stuff in a two bedroom suite that works out better for you. So I, there's do's and don'ts. So all right, well thank you, Corey. Kevin again, mine's really short. Ours is on my uh, forum watches on the Diz Unplugged board, and it was a post by Goofy Mom. And when I left this morning to get here, it she was the only post. This was the woman who asked us a while back about what to get her husband, who was um, kind of hard to buy for, and wanted his birthday present to be a donation to the Make a Wish Foundation. 
and you, I, she credited me with saying it, but I actually believe Julie said it. She suggested a wishes cruise. It was Julie. I'm pretty sure it was you who said it. She gave her husband a wishes cruise and asked other people to donate, and they donated money, and she wrote a check to the Make-A-Wish Foundation for $540. Wow. I thought that and was awesome. I, now, really I don't know did. if the husband is listening, and we've ruined the surprise, <laughs> but she posted it on the board, so Spoiler. I'm hoping it's okay to talk about it. So I, was, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a really great idea. That is fantastic. Fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. Cool. Great. Thank you very much, Kevin. John. Mine is from the Disney for Families board. And Fizz13 uh, wrote that um, she's about to go on her on another trip to Walt Disney World. She's been many times before. But this is the first time it's just going to be her and her kids, 8, 6, and 3. And she was looking for some advice of what to do as uh, a single parent traveling with kids and how other people would handle the special challenges. And as usual, the the people from the Diz, the folks from the Diz, all stepped up and offered her some great advice. And I wanted to kind of give a real quick synopsis of some of the advice that she got that I thought was terrific. Um, some of the stuff you would think about, which is like uh, make sure you keep your documents handy and up front for traveling on the plane. You don't want to have to go dig for your documents. Make sure you have stuff on the plane for the kids to keep them involved so that they don't get bored. She says each kid gets two must-see attractions from each park. Everything else is extra. Um, another rule is when mom has to go to the bathroom, everyone has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Good rule. Good rule. Right? She that's says, a, that's um, my rule, too. Uh, she talks about what to do when she, she goes over what to do with the kids when they get uh, lost from her. And she says, if I just tell them, go to a cast member, they kind of say, oh, and, you know, roll their eyes and say, yeah, mom, we know how to do that. She said she actually has them do it when they first get to the park. Now, I want you to tell me what to do if you're going to go to, a, if you get lost, point to me who you would go to. And they say, I would go to that gentleman over there. He's a cast member. I would talk to that person there, a cast member. That's a good idea. It's really I smart. Was, I thought it was a good tip. One of the funniest things I thought she said she does is, um, she sets up her kitchen like the airport security and had her kids pretend what it was going to be like to go through security. Okay, well, there's a, there's a line. <laughs> and she's sitting in the dishwasher. The kids, she's okay. marching them around. Okay, what, did, starting, what did the kids up, do wrong? They're starting to set up mock environments in their homes to trip plan? She says, I was worried they would do something stupid and get us kicked off the airplane. Like so I had a practice. Squirt gun or something. I read a thread on the board one day, and they were talking about how to label your kid. And one set lady said she took a sharpie and wrote her cell phone name or her cell phone number on the, her kid's sneakers. And one lady said she wrote it on her arm, and they kind of basted her because of you know, oh, what if it's poisoned the kid or something? And one lady said, "I just write my cell phone number all over the kid's sneakers. Chances are they're not going to lose their sneakers, and they can point." to the fact that mom's cell phone number is right there. They also have those uh, ID tags, sneaker laces right. you can buy. That yeah. you can have right. I think we should tattoo the I think kids. it's like who's shoe or something, who's shoe ID. Yeah, something like right that. on their forehead. Cool. So again, you know, there's cool. people on the disc have great information, great tips. So if you're traveling along with kids, check out that thread. Great. Thank you, John. All right. My uh, forum watch, uh, we had talked last week about uh, Shirley Nelson Brown from The Perfect Gift out in Cocoa Beach. And how she, you know, one of the things we mentioned is she maintains a thread on our cruise board about, you know, for information for people who are going to be going out to the coast, out, out to the uh, um, the Space Coast in that area, going to be there going out for a cruise. What she, I had no idea how extensive 
this post is that, that she made. Okay, you guys are taking a look here at the printout from just her initial post. Wow. And I think I have 20, 20 pages printed out here. Is that just the one where she talks about the hotels and the restaurants? Everything. And- she amazing. goes into, you know, airports closest to Port Canaveral. Um, who can I book my cruise with and know that I can relax, that I'm getting good hands? She plugs Dreams Unlimited. God bless her heart. Um, closest supermarkets. If you need a dry cleaner immediately, mm. uh, where's the, lo- the closest liquor store? Museums. Where can I get things shipped? Size of acceptable boxes if you're shipping things. Local wow. attractions. Uh, wildlife information. Huh. Beaches. Uh, mini golf. Casino boats. Parasailing. Airboat tours. She's got everything here. This goes on and on. When we say this woman is... I, I don't want to be very, very clear. We have no commercial relationship with Shirley Nelson Brown or The Perfect Gift. I would never in a million years take a dime from this woman. She's just the most... She's a wonderful woman. Yeah. She's just... She's got a great heart. Everybody who knows her loves her. And as I just went through this, I'm like, you know, this took... This was not a casual project. This took a great deal of time. And... Just typing it took a great deal of time. Not even the research. If you are going on a cruise, and you'll re- very rarely hear me use the show to say something like this. If you are going on a cruise, you'll be doing a good thing by calling the perfect gift and ordering something to have put in your stateroom. Any business that you can give to a person like Shirley Nelson Brown, a company like that, is, uh, is, is good business. It's yeah. good karma, just in general. She deserves to do really, really well. She does a great job with uh, the baskets that she puts together. And then, you know, I see something like this on the boards, and you just you can't help but love her. I was going to say, not only that, she does a terrific basket. You get your money's worth. She really fills it up. She talks to Oh, yeah, people. these are not chumpy baskets. Right, and they're personalized. Who's going? Boys, girls, ages. So it's not just, you know, the Disney thing that you get in the room. She really puts a lot of work and heart and soul into each one. And, again, we get nothing out of this. This is just from uh, yeah. our experience. And uh, we like telling you guys the places to go and the people to do business with that we know, that we trust. And uh, Shirley is certainly right on the top of that list. And I wanted to bring that up as my forum watch in particular because I think that really highlights some of the amazing folks that we have. There are a lot of folks that put a lot of effort into into informational posts on all the boards, not just Shirley. And uh, we we really have some very dedicated uh, people out there that do a lot of hard work. And uh, they deserve our thanks for helping make the boards what they are. And people like Shirley for just, you know, saving people an enormous amount of time doing research on questions that, you know, replacement car keys, emergency jewelry repairs. That's you something know, you just need to print with you and take with you. Emergency you cell phone repairs and equipment. She's got, she's got everything on here. It's amazing. Shirley actually RSVP'd for one of our pod meets. Yeah, I know I she is going to be. I, I'm not sure. I don't if she's know which one. But, be there, but her and Norm yeah. are going to are going to be there for nice. uh, one of the meets. Yeah. So it'll be great to see her. Yeah. All right, that's it for me, Bob. What do you have? Okay, before I start my forum watch, I just want to mention one thing. I was at uh, Food and Wine along with Corey and Julie Saturday night, and I was over near China and uh, Krista and Trevor from Atlanta, Georgia came running up to me and saying, are you Bob? Krista and Trevor? Krista and Trevor. 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 T-R-E-V-O-R. That's the way okay. he spelled it. And he also said he saw Corey. Really? But he he didn't uh, 
He didn't come up to you. That's because you were yelling at somebody for cursing. <laughs> yeah. He was a scam. Hey, you. Hey, that. His, his name on the boards, I guess, is Minnie Dreamin, um, and they're from Atlanta, Georgia. And I, I thought it. Anytime hope, you this, get, hope you guys get some rain soon. Yeah. You were talking about California before. Georgia's in some trouble, too. Yeah. Let's keep our thought, Deb and our thoughts, too. You know, it totally amazes me when something like this happens uh, as far as uh, someone coming up and, and noticing me with the cot cam and that. So I just wanted to say a hi to them before I started. I like how Bob is. I'm totally amazed. He goes around with a sign that says, I'm Bob. This is Cot Cam. No. <laughs> he would... doesn't have his neon lights hanging over the top of the car. Well, I have the orange lights. but Please recognize me. But uh, it was dark out, so I, I was, I'm always amazed. And I'm you had happy. orange lights on the cart, Bob. I know. Who's not, who's not going to see that, that freakish monstrosity driving around the park? With a giant boot sitting out to the side. I wonder it's who like that you're driving be. OIA. Well, how dark does it need to be to not see you? Well, I'm still amazed. Literally, planes are getting diverted trying to land on Bob. <laughs> right, follow that. So, Alright, go ahead, Bob. Okay, for my forum watch, first of all, I have to, this is the time to put your cup of coffee down. And take all fluids out of your mouth. And I just want to mention the forum uh, for the uh, picture of Bob in a bikini on the uh, podcast board. Uh, Bob has become the master of self-promotion. I'm I was just going to say, there's you. nothing self-serving no. about any of this. There's no. a thread that talks about me. It does. It's all about they me. They recognized me. They saw me. Well, they saw the picture of me, but I'm, I'm amazed at some of the responses. I can't believe you're drawing attention to that. I know. That's a disturbing picture. I know it is disturbing. Um, so but that's Bob. He's all he always likes to have fun. I, I had like to remove to that from the house when I scanned it. I'm like, okay, no need, no need <laughs> for Halloween like, decorations. This is gonna scare me just yet. <laughs> but be gone, poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, Corey was just concerned because he was strangely attracted to the photograph. Yeah, well, that's what, in my office. I shouldn't you know, have thoughts like this about Bob. <laughs> you know, a lot of people wanted to stick their. Oh, that was Kevin. Just stick his eyes out. Or, or poke his oh, eyes I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Uh, <laughs> trust me. So, but that's it. So I'm sure more people. Will go of course, see the it. only yeah, the only the only uh, discussion thread that Bob is watching is the one about him. <laughs> but it's I wanted to do a quick one this week. All right. Well, thank you, Bob, and that will do it for Forum Watch this week. Of course, uh, links to. Everything that uh, we discussed in Forum Watch, as well as anything we discuss on the show, can be found on our podcast homepage at podcast.wdwinfo.com. And we're going to move on to our next segment. Kevin Close did a favor for one of our listeners. Or one of our listeners is a big Thomas Kincaid fan. And there was an event going on this past weekend, and uh, mm-hmm. Kevin agreed to uh, go in uh, this gentleman's place. And uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what happened. Well, um, I got an email, a little background. I got an email from a man named Travis who lives in California, and Travis and his family have Thomas Kincaid's 50th, uh, Disneyland 50th anniversary print of the castle in Disneyland, and they wanted the companion piece, and they thought that you know it would be harder to get on the secondary market or more expensive, and they wanted to know that if someone from the podcast would attend the Thomas Kincaid Morning Star Breakfast, and no one else answered him, so I did. And I said, sure, I'll go. And um, 
never thinking when I agreed to go that this started at 7.30 in the morning. Oh, boy. Never. You know, 7.30 in the morning. So Yeah, he's not worth getting up that early for. So she I means work. Thomas Kincaid, not you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we clarified that quickly. I talked to uh, Travis on the phone. I explained to him that I had absolutely no feeling one way or another about Thomas Kincaid. I mean, I had seen his work, and uh, I would not consider myself a fan, but that I would certainly go for him. And Travis and I worked out all the details, and he registered me to go to this event. So I showed up at the event at 7.30 on uh, Saturday morning, last Saturday morning. Now, I have to tell you that the Grand Floridian deserves every kind of kudos you can possibly imagine, as well as the Disney um, event services, event event services, yep. cast members. This was spectacularly run. It was a beautiful thing. Everything ran like clockwork. The people at the uh, valet parking knew where the event was being held. They directed you to the event. I mean, it was just very, very well done. You walked in and you registered. Uh, all you had to do was show a photo ID, and they had a event um, placard thing for you to wear around your neck so that you could move about the event without any problem. You walked in, and Travis and his family had ordered the merchandise that they wanted. So I walked in and got their stuff, and no problem. The only drawback I would have told everybody was that they should have allowed you to drive. They had a, should have had a drive up. These were large, large pieces. The prints were packaged flat. They're not rolled. So you got these huge like cardboard sails. And Saturday morning was stormy here in Orlando. So you mm. had to go back and get your car out of valet parking because nobody wanted to. I mean, I've got two pieces of artwork in our, my living room right now for Travis that are as big as my sofa. I mean, wow. these are and these wow. are not big prints. It's just the way they're packaged. They're packaged very carefully. Breakfast was absolutely positively spectacular. If the Grand Floridian can put this on, I do not know why this is not in every character breakfast everywhere. There were scrambled eggs. There were bacon. There were sausage. There were Mickey waffles. There was fresh fruit. There was also forty five dollars ahead for breakfast. I'm sure. The is event what the, was $150. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying that oh. breakfast, pro, you know, as far as what event services probably charged for that, you're probably talking about 45 to $50 a head. That's why. It was it was really well done. There were croissants. There was a, a raisin bread bran kind of thing. There were three different kinds of uh, jams and jellies. It was just a beautiful presentation. The other thing I have to tell you is that there were about 250 people there, and they had three complete setups. So usually when you go to one of these events, they put out one setup and 250 people have to line up like for, you know, like Oliver and the <laughs> orphanage. <laughs> there were three complete setups for this. So it was really, really well done. They had a beautiful ballroom all decorated. Okay, that's where the good news stops. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a Thomas Kincaid disciple. And I, I have to say that the people who were at this event can only be described as disciples. The Thomas King cult. Yeah. Uh, I I was alone. So we said there, there were these huge tables for like 10 or 12 people. So you sat with people and they were, everybody was very friendly and very chatty. And, you know, how many Thomas Kincaid things do you own? I said, None. <laughs> well, what did you get it today? Nothing. I'm doing this for somebody else. I don't really want to be here. <laughs> And oh well, I have this. Kevin's, Kevin's other name is Mister Happy. <laughs> <laughs> At seven thirty in the morning, yeah. Now, 
I'm one of those people that if I, first of all, the job I have and the lifestyle I have does not require me to get up very early in the morning. I can work at three o'clock in the morning and it's kind of preferable at times. There's no phones ringing. No one's calling you. No one's talking to you. I'm not a morning person and I'm not ashamed of that. And it just so happened that the night before this event, I was so worried, especially because this wasn't for me, that I might miss this. I actually didn't go to sleep the night before. Oh, you must have been charming. Well, I was clean and I was awake. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) But I was pretty tired. So there I was sitting at this event. And this is one of those sort of, I'm not really good at the forced happy. I'm not really good at the everything is beautiful. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Not, I, I'm one of those people who, if you're telling me everything is beautiful all the time, I'm going to find out the thing that's not beautiful. Okay? These people were very, very excited to be there. Now, tell them what happened when they found out that you were sent there from someone else. You were a proxy. You were, it was sort of the light bulb went off and they... Were so, you chastised? They wanted to know... No. They wanted to know who I was and why I was there, so I had to tell them where I was from. But it was kind of like, oh, we could do this. What did like the Thomas Kincaid people like put a, like corner you? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Where are you from? Kind of. It, it, well, especially since I didn't know anything about him or didn't care, <laughs> and I didn't own any Thomas Kincaid work, and I, they thought, well, so you were some freakish anomaly they had to look at, right. yeah. And then they found out that um, I had was doing this for someone else, and they were all shocked and amazed that you could actually do this. You can send someone in your in your place. I said, well, the the person who asked me to do this paid for everything. It's not like I got in free. I mean, he paid for me to be here. I said, the only reason I'm here is because he wanted the stuff that they're offering and knew that if he had to wait until the secondary market or eBay or something like that, that it would be more expensive. So I said, this is all on the uh, up and up. I mean, I'm not. I didn't sneak in. i have a receipt i swear look i have credentials so um they were a little shocked and amazed the other thing they they just they they were very very gung-ho and they were from all over the country i mean i was sitting with people who had flown in specifically for this event so as i said the event was 150 dollars and I can't imagine adding plane fare on top of that. <laughs> and a hotel room. And, and a hotel going room. Going to the parks, probably. Neither, so, neither can the two art majors sitting at the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Kincaid came out and he spoke and he explained. He had some different ideas than I do. He has ideas of what is art and what isn't art. And in his interpretation, art is only things that show beauty. If it doesn't show beauty, it's not really art. It's ugliness. Oh, thank God I wasn't there. Um, He explained that, you know, he gets his inspiration from God and that he only sees things that are beautiful. And he made a sort of reference to the fact that the United States is the only country on earth where we put scenic overlook on a sign on the highway. He said, I don't know why we just don't put on the highway signs beauty next exit. And... Now, oh, again, my. it was 8 a.m. in the morning or 8.30 in the morning, and oh. I had had no sleep and not enough coffee, and I was rolling my eyes. And, the Thomas and no Kincaid. spare insulin either, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I had done some research. I wanted to know about Mr. Kincaid prior to going to this event, so I knew something about him. And if you do some Internet research, he um, he has a penchant for public urination. 
Uh, they have video. Are you kidding? Yeah, there's a whole story that he was allegedly accused of, um, or he was accused and allegedly urinated on a statue of Winnie the Pooh at Disneyland, all the while screaming, "This one's for you, Walt!" And when asked why he does it, he says he likes to mark his territory. Oh no! Now that's what I call now, art. Are we sure? <laughs> are, are we sure this is true, or is this it's just a all rumor? over the internet? And I, again, I've used the word allegedly, but I mean, this is. It's one of those things that's so far out there that I guess it's commonly held. They, they also say that there's um, videotape of him urinating in a Las Vegas elevator. See, I would have to imagine, though, if he had urinated on di- in, pu- in public on Disney property, they would not be inviting him to do something at the Grand Floridian. I would well, have to just think that, you know, the, Thomas Kincaid could not possibly have so much cachet that Disney would overlook that to let this guy, you know, hawk his painting. So, The other thing they talked about was the limited edition of his uh, work and they kept throwing around the number 1971 and that the work was limited to 1971 which is kind of a misnomer in the fact that it comes in various sizes and various editions each print came in paper or canvas and it was one size there was like I'm going to paraphrase there's a small medium large and extra large and it comes in two materials and each thing is limited to 1971 wow so there's 1971 small medium large and that's in paper and so there's a lot of these floating he's around. a greedy man isn't he oh, and he had his wife there and again it was it was very early in the morning and i had had no sleep and i'm not one of those everything is rosy kind of people i'm much more of a realist uh, i i i you know there's a realistic factor to me I'm not that big a dreamer most of the time. So I kept thinking. And then he um, he took questions from the audience. And it, it became almost a religious experience. I also, there was a woman sitting with us who had a very old autograph book that she's had since she was a kid. And asked that he sign that. And she was told that he would do no additional signings. So... There was, it was not, it just was not the event that I expected it to be. Did he do a signing? Did he sign anything? No, he, he would not sign anything. Really? Everything was pre-signed. Oh. And then he was going to do a meet and greet later in the day from, for two hours in Exhibition Hall inside the Magic Kingdom, where he was going to meet his adoring fans, and there would be no signing there either, and then he was the Grand Marshal in the parade that day. So. Oh, I thought this was like a signing. No. Huh. And I actually thought I was going to get to talk to him one-on-one, and that didn't happen either. This is this, this up on a podium talking kind of thing. Was there like 100 people there? Or how many? I'm going to guess there was about 250 people oh, there. Oh, wow. wow. Um, it was sold out, and I know that they put out a limited edition pin to commemorate this picture being released, and that was limited to 500, and each person was allowed to buy two. So I believe it was limited okay. to five or 250 people, but it was sold out. Again, event services did a great job. Awesome job. The Grand Floridian was absolutely wonderful. It might be my last Thomas Kincaid. No, that's not true. It is my last Thomas Kincaid event. So I have stuff to send to Travis and his family. But yeah, at least Travis is going to get... I've spoken to Travis, and this is not news to him. He asked me what I thought of it, and I was very honest with him. So, um, Was he disappointed that you weren't uh, a fan? No, I actually think he was kind of looking forward, because we all had had that little snort when we mentioned Thomas Kincaid, yeah. and he was kind of looking forward to hearing what 
I, I mean, I did what I wanted to do. I was his Thomas Kincaid mule. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mind doing it. It was something, it was a, a great experience. It was something I could talk about here. And I've gotten a great deal of, I mean, I've been out to dinner a couple of times since then. And everybody's heard about my Thomas Kincaid affair. <laughs> so I've gotten some mileage out of it. Cool. cool. I liked that play you just did. Instead of the Thomas Crown affair. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. And uh, thanks, Travis, for uh, suggesting that Kevin go and do that for you. And uh, that will actually do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed listening. And we'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Biz Unplugged Roundtable. You have a great week. Bye.